When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Strange Weekly News. In this show, we'll take a look into the news and headlines to pick out curious reports of the strange, the weird, and the mysterious. Anything from UFO news to science advancements, the paranormal, and stuff labeled fringe science and fringe phenomena. Each news item we go over in the show, I will place all the links to them in the description box below once this live show is over, as well as chapters on the timeline index. Hello and welcome to all of my first-time viewers and listeners and everyone watching this live. Hi, how are you? Uh, please show your support by liking this video right down below and subscribe if you haven't already as we do three live shows right here on this channel every single week covering topics of UFOs, the paranormal, and things that are unexplained. Also on this channel, I do post YouTube shorts keeping you up to date on the latest strange news. Got a lot to cover today. I'm super excited. So I'm going to share my screen here and we're going to get straight into it because if you've been following this topic for quite some time, you know UFOs come first. So I'm going to share my screen here. And for those across the pond, this one's for you. Because police have been swamped with 1,805 reports about UFOs and aliens in the last three years. So from 2020 to 2023, but they won't make the details public. All we have right now is just that number for the most part. But West Yorkshire police, which is facing budget cuts, said gathering them is just too expensive, referring to the reports. And since 2020, the force has been has had a staggering number of cases where UFO, alien, UAP or spaceship have appeared on their logs. And it works out at 56 a month or more 13 per week or nearly two per day. And. This is it's a lot, okay? And the county, which includes Leeds and Bradford, has always been a hotbed for alleged extraterrestrial sightings, and a Freedom of Information request was submitted for details of the reports from January 2020 to August of 2023 to be released, but the force said it would cost too much money to do so. For those that live in those areas in England... Is that true? I don't know. I, I don't know how the police force works there. Um, but is it expensive to collect logs? And if so, how much is it? And why? I have a lot of questions here. And I wasn't able to find those answers online. 
But if you live there, or if you're a part of the force, like like a Jedi, right? Uh, please tell me, okay? Because I don't that I just I just found that so bizarre. But it did give one example through that FOIA report, which reads: male caller reports seeing four flashing lights hovering above his property in the street. This is where it gets crazy. Before a female was beamed into the sky, and then. A West Yorkshire police spokesman said, we can confirm that we hold the information. However, it is not held in an, in an easily easy format. Excuse me for that. But just, just that one sentence, backing up just a little bit, of seeing a female was beamed into the sky, that's whack. Like, that is... Could you imagine? You're just going, you're doing your daily job as a policeman over there, okay? You're you're patrolling the streets, you're giving out parking tickets, right? And then you go to the office and you read the logs to see if anything interesting happened. And then you read that. Dude, my eyes would get so wide, like the size of half of my face. And I would call that person immediately, but then also show everyone around me and say, what's going on here? Is this true or was this person under the influence? I've covered a lot, and I'm saying a lot of UFO cases, sightings, encounters, and there's the, we've even covered here on this channel of uh, people being allegedly abducted, but I have never, never, ever, 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 ever come across a sentence like that one where someone saw a person being beamed up into the sky. <laughs> that's, if that's true that's awesome but probably very terrifying for that person now if it's not true it goes into the category of crazy right and then it just brings down the credibility on the ufo phenomenon right doesn't it it's a catch-22 here but that one i just <laughs> i had to share i had to share it with you because it's just too much Catkin says i used to live in yorkshire it's a lovely county oh that's nice that's very nice i don't know anything about it but i bet it's awesome anders bringing in the joke jokes plural beat me up snotty set up scotty i like that one i think that i think we've heard that before on some movie or something gosh now my memory is just hitting hard here but as it continues here, it says to determine whether these incidents uh, were related to believable sightings, we would need to review each incident in detail at approximately two minutes per record. And this would take over 60 hours. Okay, so that's where the money is coming in, where it's becoming too expensive is actually reviewing the details, speaking to witnesses. And that makes a little bit more sense. But at the same time, if you're calling in, telling your sighting to the police at the dispatch, right, they should be collecting that information automatically, don't you think? Again, I don't know how it works there, but I just find a few holes in this story thus far. But the force suggested that, that there is not enough time or money to deal with the influx in reports. Figures from last year show that the police force has grown around 2.4% when the UK population increased by 8.5%, according to Full Fact. It has been estimated that the cost of providing this information is above the amount on which we are legally required to respond. Dang, i.e. the cost of locating and retrieving the information exceeds the appropriate level 
as stated in the Freedom of Information Fees and Appropriate Limit Regulations 2004, which currently stands at £450 or about $560 worth of work. So when other policemen heard this, specifically retired policemen, they were very disappointed by hearing these statements. They said, are you serious? Is this is this a joke? Like, you can collect that money. You work for the government, right? It shouldn't be that hard. But they're saying here, uh, you know, it's costing way too much. Therefore, we're going to keep on passing parking tickets instead. Use those parking tickets to fund these reports. That's what I want. But I don't live there, so I can't vote, unfortunately, in that area. But I found that interesting that... In the last three years, they've received about 1,805 reports, being about two reports a day in just one specific area, referring to West Yorkshire, Leeds, and Bradford. That's pretty impressive. Craig, yay, I made it. Hi there, I'm glad you made it. That's awesome. Getting into our next one here. This one is uh, very interesting, and it's still referring to... ET in some respects, but also about AI. And if you've been following this show for some time, Weekly Strange News, you know we always, almost always, gotta correct myself there, almost always cover AI and robots. But here we're talking about AI and aliens. It's gonna be very interesting. I'm gonna share our next image as a visual aid. Thought it was very cool, by the way. But Lord Martin Rees, the UK's astronomer royal, which is like, having a title of Lord already makes you a thousand times cooler, explores the evolution of intelligence in his analysis. And he suggests that human beings having evolved through natural selection over 4 billion years may be nearing the end of Darwin evolution. Instead, the future could belong to artificially intelligent beings, potentially surpassing human intelligence within a few centuries. In a way, we're kind of already seeing that. And this shift raises questions about the nature of extraterrestrial life, whether it's more likely to be organic like humans or resemble artificial intelligence. Why am I bringing this up? First of all, this is a very cool article and we're going to go into more detail. Second, the emphasis that I want to bring here is let's bring in David Grush. And he said non-human biologics. Everyone's saying, oh, it could be a frog. It could be a tree. It could be whatever, right? But it also includes artificial intelligence. Now let's back it up a little bit more. Kirkpatrick and Avi Loeb wrote a paper earlier this year talking about how motherships could have probes and check out other planets that are operated by AI. That would make sense. Why would you send yourself first a human uh, or any type of biologics, right? Before you send an AI. AI, they're going to be totally fine. They're not going to get hurt. They're not going to feel pain. They're going to be okay with the atmosphere. Us humans or any type of, you know, organic species, there's a lot of variables. It's a lot more expensive. You need very specific technology. You need to understand the environment, the atmosphere of those planets. Therefore, you would send over AI, right? Well, here, this is kind of what they're touching on. And it makes perfect sense. I don't see any issues here. Now, could there be? Could someone correct me? Yes, for sure. And please do. I love hearing your insights in the comments and in the live chat as well, because it's very valuable because I don't know everything. I don't. And I never admit that I will. My favorite quote from Aristotle is to know, to know all is to know nothing. Those that admit 
or state, oh, I know everything, their cup is already full. No more information can fill that mind. And in reality, they're very ignorant. Those that are always willing to learn, they're just a little bit smarter, just a touch. Okay, but here re-speculates that if an evolutionary transition to non-organic intelligence is a universal phenomenon, then the aliens we might encounter could be vastly different from us. And these beings might not require an atmosphere or a planet, but could undertake interstellar or intergalactic voyages and might even prefer living in zero gravity environments. Their silicon-based brains could function more efficiently in cooler regions, away from planetary systems, possibly leading them to hibernate for extended periods. Could you imagine a robot bear? An AI bear? Bears are adorable. And they hibernate. I, I would pay money to see that. Because bears have the cutest ears on the absolute planet. And hides, yes, if you're enjoying the show thus far, hit that like button. Let's get to 200 likes if you are enjoying the show. A light in the sky says the only species that survive are the ones that stop AI. There was a there was a TV show, I think it was called The Empire, wasn't it? That was similar to that idea where civilizations were just trashed. They were almost to the point of extinction because AI became way too smart and they saw humans as a threat and or as just an unintelligent species that was just taking too many resources and they slaughtered them. Could that happen in our reality? Could that happen to humans in the future? It's a possibility. There are a lot of scientists in this point in time, including Elon Musk as well, who were pushing very hard for AI laws. But also there is this fear that AI will exceed human intelligence, which, which we are already seeing, but then it could become a threat to humanity. Probably one of the best examples is iRobot, right, with Will Smith that came out in the early 2000s. People were kind of laughing it off, but saw it kind of scary. But in today's world, it's becoming closer to reality than ever before. And remember that because we are going to touch on it a little bit later with our next article, but I don't want to get too ahead of myself here because this article continues with the nature of these beings could be fundamentally different from humans who evolved maybe with more aggressive traits. And these artificial entities might not possess the same desires or aggression, potentially being more as these types of zombies without self-awareness and their advanced intelligence could allow them to perceive aspects of reality beyond human comprehension now we're bringing in psychology into this because an, a really great quote actually is from the movie men in black a person is smart a group of people are dumb and we've seen this time and time again you can lit okay okay black friday is coming up right? Person is smart. Person is decent. But when you're getting into a group of people where you're saving five bucks, maybe, maybe 10, they are trampling over each other, trying to grab stuff, running for their lives as fast as they can. Black Friday is a fantastic example, in stores at least, of how chaotic and irrational people can be. And that's like, Right now, my best example that I have on top of my mind. Now, if I'm, some people find it really fun just to like go people watching during Black Friday. And I get that. But when you are part of the chaos, 
it's it's a different matter altogether. But for the search of extraterrestrial intelligence, SETI, and this means focusing uh, not just on biosignatures, but also on technosignatures, like electromagnetic transmissions across various um, wave bands, the discovery of non-organic intelligence would require being alert to non-natural phenomenon within our solar system and beyond. So Reese emphasizes, Lord Reese, emphasizes the importance of... Um, open-minded approach in astronomy and not to miss any potential surprises. And this is crucial in any field that you research. doesn't even matter. Any, any. You need to have an open mind. If we already have this confirmation bias, which we hear a thousand times, right, it's going to negate our research. Um, but when we have all the aspects, all of the ideas, all the possibilities on the table, that is only when our research and our data collection can expand. But if we cherry pick our data or the people that we want to listen to, it's going to hinder our exploration as, as a human race altogether. So here being an open-minded, while it sounds so dumb, be like, oh, can you stop saying that, Christina? You hate all the time. I know I say it all the time because people, a lot of people don't. And that's why I just want to say, you know what, maybe just a little bit, just open just a little bitty, 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 tiny bit. And then we're going to get somewhere better. But in conclusion, Lord Rees says that intelligence in the universe might have evolved be evolved beyond the organic, potentially leading to forms of life that are radically different from anything we know. And this concept challenges our understanding of life and intelligence, suggesting that the universe could be teeming with entities that are beyond our current comprehension. This is why I love this is why I love science and reading like reading this kind of stuff, because we don't get to hear this in our day-to-day -day lives, this kind of information or these theories. That's what these are. These are not stone hard fact, at least not yet. <laughs> right now, they're in the category of theory as a hypothesis, if that. And so when we have these conversations, you and I, we're able to think just for a moment outside of the box and allow our mind to go into a different direction for the, the time that we have together. Because in our day-to-day -day lives, we have to pay the bills, we gotta pay taxes, we gotta go to a job, we have to have three meals a day. I get it. Your mind is occupied with necessities. I totally understand. But this hour that we have together, we're able to ask fun, curious, interesting questions, more so than usual. Bill says we aren't that smart. No, I'm with you on that one. I don't think so either. But you know what? We're 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 somewhere. We're not that dumb. A little bit. We're not geniuses either. Light in the sky says, let's get wild. Yeah, with curiosity. <laughs> right? This next one, we're getting into the paranormal here. And this is an actual picture of the lady. We'll be speaking about her name is Candace Collins. And all of her haunted dolls, paintings, weaponry, and of course, a Ouija board. Because <laughs> it wouldn't be a Ouija board if it wasn't haunted right exactly so this one's an interesting story or instance that she uh, had told to the mirror uk and we're gonna get into that and so a few of her stories that she's encountered with these dolls cassidy thank you for that that is so nice john says happy thanksgiving are you a time traveler we're not there just yet but also right back at you because i don't see you for thanksgiving 
So Candace Collins, a 41-year-old mother of three from Falmouth, Cornwall, shout out to those in Cornwall, is deeply fascinated with antique dolls, particularly those believed to be possessed. Over the years, she has gathered a significant collection of these allegedly haunted dolls, driven by her lifelong interest in the paranormal. And due to the nature of these dolls, Candace doesn't keep them at her home for fear of her family's safety. She's smart. Instead, they are securely stored in a secret location. We've covered a handful of cases of people that are fanatics that like to collect things that are allegedly haunted and they take it home with them. Is that smart? For those that believe for them to be haunted and they like do crazy stuff. No, it's probably not super great, especially if you're scared of that kind of stuff. But if you are a paranormal investigator We've covered a handful that have collected haunted belongings. Their guests, a lot of the times, feel a heaviness in the house. Um, they also get these levels of depression as well, higher levels of anxiety. And so from, from her understanding, because she's been interested in it her entire life, she used to live in a haunted house as a child. She was able, She's able to see spirits. She's created her own investigation group called the Cornish Ghost Whispers. She's able to understand, to the best of her ability, right, that it's best not to have them at your home. Like, your home is your sanctuary. Your home is your temple where you go and you rest and you relax and you recharge. And then you go back into the real world and do the things that you have to do. But your home should be your safe space. And so when people are bringing in these haunted objects, right, for many, the home is no longer classified as your temple. So here, they're stored in a secret location. I think is very cool. But her collection is not limited to dolls. It also includes other haunted objects like a Ouija board, weaponry, and several paintings. Each item in her collection has a backstory of misfortune associated with its previous owners. Candace, along with her partner, Nick Price, dreams of opening a museum to display these eerie figurines and objects. But now we're getting into the stories of people that have had strange experiences with them with these objects and the stories that were shared with her i do want to mention before we continue that i do have a discord server and that link is in the description box and also it'll be in the live chat shortly but if you are enjoying this content and you want to speak to other like-minded members, consider joining the Discord server. It's totally free. There is 2,700 other members in there. You're able, there's a bunch of different rooms. You're able to speak to people one-on-one -on -one as well. And you're also able to share your experiences. So if you like to find a nice little happy place, the Discord server is going to be your friend. And that link is right on the screen as well. Cassidy, thank you again for that. That is so nice of you. And DJ Moonchild, travel tip, be safe out there. Bring a caveman if needed. I was thinking more of like ancient ramen. That'd be kind of my go-to. But a caveman, you know, why not? Why not? Catkin says, I won't be going to her scary museum. Oh, but you need to hear the stories of some of these haunted objects that she has. She buys a lot of them from thrift stores, which in the UK, they call them charity shops, um, along with auctions. People have sent her objects, items as well. And the thing that she found really difficult, and she gave a whole interview to the mirror, she says that it's 
difficult because people are going to lie to you and say that it's haunted, charge a really high price, and then it's not. She mentions that she is gravitated towards certain objects compared to others, and some of them have a very heavy feeling to them. But now we're getting into the creepy here, okay? Because one notable item in her connection, in her collection, excuse me, is Norman. And I'm going to point him out. It's this guy right here, this little freaky one in the blue. And this one, this one doesn't even have eyeballs. That's horrifying. I'm talking about this guy right here. And Norman, <laughs> it's freaky because the previous owner's dad blamed it for a series of misfortunes, including a burst appendix being shot at, car brake failure, and financial loss. <laughs> oh my goodness. Could you imagine? And then trying to tell someone that all that happened because of a doll, no one would believe you. That's a burst appendix? That's, I cannot even comprehend that. But also, the previous owner said that it all happened because of this doll right here, Norman. But it gets even creepier. Why? Because his daughter, Violet, told told her dad, Norman doesn't like you, daddy. Oh, there's a handful of stories of children being a bit more sensitive, being able to see ghosts, uh, talk to dolls that might be possessed. And people ask why. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. And there's a bunch of different theories, but it's, it's very spooky, right, when you're a parent and you want to protect your child as much as you can in any environment, and then you find out that it has an imaginary friend but it's not fully imaginary, but it's a ghost. Let me tell you a very quick story about this because I met a girl once, and this was actually like a few weeks ago. And I was just casually doing my thing, and the little girl says, "Oh, here's my, here's my, um, here's my sister," and I look, and there's nobody there. And I said, uh-uh, I am not doing this. I am not going to pretend it's not there. In reality, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to acknowledge this imaginary sister just in case. Why? Because, because there are stories of these ghost children influencing the living child to do terrible things. I didn't want this living child to bite me or something for dissing her imaginary sister. So I played it so good. And I was like, hey there, what's going on? How are things? Did you sleep okay? Because I don't want to be next, all right? I, I do not want to get an attachment. And I do not want to be attacked by a living four-year-old either. 
So that's my little story there. So next time a kid tells you they have an imaginary friend, play it safe, all right? <laughs> but another case is she had she collected a haunted ring and the person that had it previously was going through severe levels of depression had received satanic tattoos this person was buried with the ring so i don't know actually how she got the ring after he was buried with it uh, maybe no sorry excuse me he died with it but he wasn't buried with it that makes a lot more sense and she's like yeah i'm gonna take it that's a genius idea i don't think so that is not a good idea if you think that's crazy Hit the like button. Let's get to 300 likes right here, right now. Do that. Do that right now. Also here, we're looking at some haunted paintings that we've covered haunted paintings on this show. You get these crew. Like, look at this. I mean, it would make sense that this one is haunted. It looks like a freak. Then you have a ventriloquist doll. You got, you got a, a picture. You got this creepy one. Oh my goodness. These are these are terrible. This one comes in a set. They can never be separated. She mentioned that in the interview. Weaponry, right? Ouija boards. Oh, unbelievable. If you want to watch that interview, that link will be in the description box below. It's interesting because she goes into a little bit more detail on these things that she's collected and the stories behind them. But the ones that I mentioned with you just now are the most insane. But of course... We're now covering robots. And I told you to remember that little piece about iRobot, right? Okay, I told you to remember it because we're covering it right here, right now. And it only makes sense. It wouldn't be strange news without robots. Ugh. Ooh, John asking the real questions. Does the doll talk on its own? She didn't mention any stories of the doll speaking to her. She only mentioned that she feels certain things with them, but usually like very like heaviness. Um, sadness, depression, things like that. So pretty freaky. Jessica says, I was watching a documentary on India and one of the temples had a ghost in it. It's a transparent person in the video of the temple. As the camera zoomed in, it didn't come into focus. It left or, or moved. That's crazy. That's one cool thing about watching documentaries is, is like seeing the odd things that aren't always talked about, but you kind of see it. Or sometimes they are mentioned. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. You can never go wrong with a good documentary. Okay, back to this one. Because recently in South Korea, a tragic incident occurred at the production site of Dongseong Export Agricultural Complex, where a company worker died due to a robot error. The victim of this terrible tragedy was a 40-year-old man who worked for the robotic company. And at the first time of the incident, he was inspecting a robot sensor at a vegetable distribution center. And during this time, the robot malfunctioned while lifting and placing a box of bell peppers on the pallet and failing to correctly identify the worker the robot grabbed the worker and crushed him against a conveyor belt as a result he suffered serious injuries to his head and chest and was immediately taken to the hospital and unfortunately shortly after that he passed away the police intend to launch an investigation into the incident and possible negligence on the part of the safety managers at the plant. The representatives of the company Dogseong Export Agricultural Complex 
have expressed condolences to the family of the deceased and called for the creation of of an accurate and safe robot control system in production. The incident, as it turns out, isn't the first of its kind in South Korea because back in March of this year, a man in his 50s suffered serious injuries after being trapped by a robot in an auto parts malfunctioning uh, manufacturing facility. But there was a malfunction. My brain went two seconds too fast. The incident also brings to mind the recent words of renowned entrepreneur Elon Musk, who predicted that humanoids similar to Terminator robots would eventually be able to climb trees and scour buildings in search of their owners. That's pretty freaky. But this is this is this is terrible news. And it's something that people have feared for a very long time. And it hasn't happened once. It's happened twice in South Korea alone. Imagine other countries that have these kinds of robotics and those stories have not been made public because when you get stories like this, you're not going to receive funding. You're going to lose business. And at the end of the day, it's all about money. Is it not? Of course it is. 99% of the time, it's about the dough. Money speaks more than people. It's so sad, but that's how it is. And so this is freaky. It's, but we can ask ourselves, was it really a malfunction? And then they mention here that, oh, yes, we're going to create an accurate and safe robot control system. They should have done that before even launching these robots. They should have done that back in March when the first man passed away in South Korea because of a robot malfunction. But now they're saying it again in recent months. There's a lot of issues here, but you know what? It costs a lot of money to do these kinds of tests. And instead, they'll make a lot more money selling than making sure that it's safe. Right? But we can look at the stats on this. And I'm, I'm grabbing a rough number here. Okay? Do not quote me on this. But... <clears throat> One, two people passing away by these robots. That's a very small statistic. <clears throat> now, if we hear more about injuries, because first of all, humans have an error rate. Robots have an error rate. That's just how it is. And so two deaths and maybe a handful of injuries, right, out of all the time that robots have worked properly, that's maybe a two, three, four percent error rate. Should it be zero? Yes. Is that possible? Uh, not entirely, at least not yet. Could it be in the future? I, I want to pray. I want to say yes, absolutely. But I'm, I don't think that'll be anytime soon. So right now, these people that have passed, they're just a statistic at this point. It's so terrible to say. It's, it's so heartbreaking to say that. But that's kind of what it is um, right now. And people can, other companies can learn from this and hopefully improve their robots. At least I hope so. Uh, this next one is very cool. Talking about the Big Bang Theory. But there's more. And no, I'm not referring to the TV show. When you type in the Big Bang Theory or the Big Bang that's the first thing that comes up. And I said, come on, please. I want to see cool pictures of space, not of characters from the TV show. But a new study by physicist Catherine Fries from the University of Texas and her colleagues discuss a fascinating theory in cosmology regarding the origin of dark 
matter. Dark matter, which constitutes about 27% of the universe's mass and energy, remains one of the greatest mysteries in astrophysics due to its invisible and elusive nature. Although we can observe its gravitational effects on normal matter, such as gravities, uh, galaxies, and clusters, its composition and genesis are still unknown. Now, the team proposed in their paper, published by Kernel University, proposes an intriguing hypothesis, and this is whack. Dark matter might have been created by a second Big Bang. The event termed the Dark Big Bang is theorized to have occurred when the universe was less than a month old, separate from the ordinary Big Bang that produced the matter and radiation we observe today. The hypothesis is based on recent observations of the cosmic microwave background, CMB, uh, the faint afterglow of the universe's first light, and the CMB contains types of temperatures and fluctuations in temperatures and polarization that provide insights into the early history of the cosmos. By analyzing these fluctuations, cosmologists can infer properties of dark matter, such as its mass and interaction strength. And why am I bringing this up? Okay, because the Big Bang, could there have been two? We don't fully know. It's just merely a theory. And there's a lot of theories when it comes to dark matter. And it's something that is relatively new in the understanding it and knowing about it. It's new in the sense of studying space. So this is mind-blowing, in my opinion here. I, I can't speak for everyone, but I thought that, that this was the coolest thing when it comes to understanding space to the best of our ability at this point in time with the limited knowledge and technology that we have. So I just wanted to share that with you. I thought it 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. I don't want to give my 10s out that easy. Okay. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. But now we're getting to a little more crazy here, but still in the concepts of space right here, we're looking at a tool bag that was dropped from the International Space Station. Now this tool bag is no longer a tool bag. No, no, no. It's now a satellite. Isn't that? Let's read this, okay? Because on November 1st, during a spacewalk, U.S. astronaut Jasmine Bogbelli and Laurel O'Hare accidentally lost a tool bag, which has now become an accidental satellite orbiting Earth. This tool bag, now cataloged as a satellite, is visible from Earth and has been captured on video by stargazers. And it appears as bright as a sixth magnitude star, meaning it's not visible to the naked eye, but can be seen through binoculars, especially since it's white and reflective. The best way to spot it is by first locating the International Space Station. As of November 11th, the tool bag was about five minutes ahead of the ISS, a gap expected to increase over time. The astronauts completed their spacewalk tasks, which included adjusting a cable and replacing a bearing on a solar panel without the loss of the tool bag. NASA has asserted that the tool bag's trajectory does, uh, does not 
It doesn't consider it as a threat to the ISS or its crew. And the tool bag is expected to gradually descend towards Earth and eventually disintegrate into the atmosphere. But there's more because this is not the first time this has happened. But it's new to me. In 2008, there was another astronaut on the ISS, and he dropped the tool bag during a spacewalk, which eventually burnt up. And then in 2017, a fabric debris shield was dropped, posing a more serious risk. But the astronauts managed to improvise a solution, and other unusual items lost include a spatula in 2006, a spare glove during the first U.S. spacewalk in 1965 as well. And these incidents highlight the growing issue of space junk, which now numbers in the millions and poses risks to space travel and contributes to pollution on Earth as well. But this one, I thought it was funny. It made my day. Because even astronauts make mistakes and they drop things sometimes. <laughs> but now it's a satellite. That's the best detail about this story, is that once a tool bag now a satellite we can all achieve our dreams here it's I, I think i think is the message of the story is it doesn't matter where you come from it matters where you're going <laughs> rome says where's my spatula first thing that came to mind was spongebob and his spatula i know right a spatula says john it's so random question is why was he holding a spatula while he was in space? Okay, like, that's my number one question. Was he flipping hamburgers in space? You know, to each their own here. <clears throat> but I have one final story for you. And it's about the mammoth and about colossal biosciences. If you've been following this story or this show, we've covered colossal a few times and how they want to bring the mammoth back from the dead back from extinction along with the dodo bird but there's new details on this so we're going to share that together because their goal is to de-extinct the woolly mammoth by 2028 that's not a handful of years and in the terms of science that's pretty darn fast and their plan involves combining DNA from the ancient species with living Asian elephants to birth a calf. <clears throat> the scientists at Colossal are currently focusing on recreating the woolly mammoth genome. And once successful, they intend to use Asian elephants as surrogate mothers for the mammoth DNA. This groundbreaking project also includes plans to monetize some of the technologies developed during the process and the company's efforts represent a significant step in the field of genetic engineering and could and could have far-reaching implications for conservation and the study of extinct species they've received a lot of backlash since coming out earlier where like news was being very was sharing a lot of their information 
in the sense of like their research, not private information, of course. And so that's when we started covering it was much earlier this year. And there's been a lot of backlash on what people think about bringing an extinct animal back to life. People are saying, why are they focusing on this? They should focus on animals that are close to extinction. How are they going to survive? And Colossal is stating, well, this might help global warming. I'm not sure how that's going to work, um, but that's their take on it. They're scientists. I am not. Okay, my degree is in communication. Okay, it's not in, in science in any mean, by any means. I wish it was. I love it, but I just can't do math for the life of me. But that that's their, that's their stretch. That's their take. Well, if we bring this back to life, it's going to help global warming. And you know what? I, I need I need data for that one. But I also want to bring up earlier this year was the mammoth meatball. And <laughs> if these mammoths come back to life and they get de-extinct, are we going to hunt them all over again and then make them into another meatball like what happened earlier this year? Let me just read it to you for those that aren't familiar with that particular story. Because the mammoth meatball was displayed under a glass bell jar by Australian-based cultivated meat from Bow at the Nemo Space Museum in the Dutch capital, Amsterdam. And this meatball, made from flesh resembling that of an extinct woolly mammoth, symbolizes the urgent need to address climate change and rethink our food consumption habits. The creation process involved identifying the DNA sequence for mammoth hemoglobin and modifying it with genes with an African elephant, the mammoth's closest living relative. Although yet not approved for consumption, the meatball's cooking process and its resemblance to crocodile meat when cooked were noted. And this innovation highlighted the benefits of cultivated meat, such as safety and sustainability, and aligns with Vow's missions to provide sustainable meat alternatives. The company is also preparing to launch lab-grown Japanese quail in Singapore and emphasizes the role of cultured meat technology in a sustainable future for food. That was a lot. Not all of that was really important. The biggest thing was they used mammoth hemoglobin. They mix it in with African elephant and they said, all right, now here's a meatball. And they showed it off to the world and they couldn't eat it. And they just said, it just looks nice. It's, it's, it's science. It's for science. Uh, they, they're not Italian. They're Australian. But it just felt appropriate to use an Italian accent there. Anyways, in this, um, they say it's for like sustainable means but there's only to be tests on it if it's actually safe to eat it was grown in the lab that bothers a lot of people i get that but could that be the case for these future mammoths <clears throat> that are going to be roaming the earth once again if colossal successful there's so many questions here i'm going to bring in ethics into this as well but it's just weird JJ says, holy, Australian kangaroo meat was sold here in Finland. I didn't even know that was a thing. Is that a thing, really? Is that legal? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about that, but I'm interested. Kim says, it's wrong. Yeah, a lot of people think so as well. Steven says, no, but yeah. <laughs> D says, mammoths will replace humans now. Then on Earth, it'll just be mammoths and AI robots. Maybe they'll live in harmony. 
Cole says, no bueno. Nah, it's, it's a weird thing. I do want to state that all the articles that we covered today, they will be in the description box below if you want to read them in more detail. If you enjoyed the show, hit the like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. We do three live shows right here every single week. But continue this conversation and bring it over to the Discord server with 2,700 other like-minded members. Share your thoughts, your insights, your experiences, and more. I know one of my amazing mods will share that link in the live chat just for you. Follow me on Twitter at eyes underscore on the skies for all of my updates and news. And also on Instagram, where I share pictures and short videos. So check it out. I think it'd be fun, don't you think? Um, if you are enjoying all the content that you're seeing right here on this channel, consider being a Patreon supporter, where all the funding goes straight to the channel, to Puck the Puck Wedgie, and to the RV Fund, where I'll be traveling the U.S., hitting all the UFO and paranormal hotspots, documenting it, and taking you on the journey with me. Before you head out, please tell me, out of all the articles that we covered today, which one was your favorite? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the comments. I do try my best to read all of the comments. For myself, my favorite article, I I really did like the tool bag. I thought that was pretty funny. Now it's a satellite. That was pretty awesome. But also a second Big Bang theory, that's pretty darn cool as well. I don't know. I liked all of them. It's kind of hard. I liked them all. But tell me your favorite in the live chat and in the comments as well. I want to say thank you to everyone watching this live, all the Super Chats, Super Stickers, YouTube members, Patreon supporters, and of course, all of my amazing moderators. You know I cannot do this show without you. That is it for today. I will see you next time. Be safe, and remember, keep your eyes on the skies.